0: Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio.
1: Emma Holmes is on
0: fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens.
1: It's playoff season in full force. Arrowhead Pride Wednesday on 610 Sports Radio, Arrowhead Pride Radio. Dusty Likens and Pete Sweeney alongside for the ride, Kristen Osero, on a Wednesday night on a playoff edition, Jags versus Chiefs, Saturday at 3.30. You ready? I and mean, this is when the season gets
2: good for Pete Sweeney. This is, this is prime Sweeney season. This is what we've been waiting for, right, since the, yeah. the hot days of St. Joe. Do you remember when me and you oh. were up there together? We took that photo. It looked good. I had a mustache at the time.
1: Yeah, it, you were supposed to keep it, then you decided not to keep it, which is kind of whatever. It's your decision, not mine.
2: It was a St. Joe stash.
1: It wasn't though because we were that was like the first day we were there.
2: Yeah, it was a Saint Joe stash,
1: and my it's... internet just happened to not work mm. for the first two hours of the show. Yeah, knowing that I was going to be there for a week, I did see. Uh-huh.
2: I did see you kicking your feet up
1: that day. Just well, I mean, what'd you, it was 117 <laughs> degrees. I had no internet. Well, and then by the flip of a switch, miraculously. After practice was over, the internet started working again.
2: This is about week 20. There's mm-hmm. about four weeks of St. Joe, right? So that's about 25 weeks ago now. We, we've we we've come a long way. Finally, we get the, the first playoff game for the Chiefs. So like a lot of people,
1: um, mm-hmm. this must be what it's like to be a KU fan. The reason I say that is because the regular season is always just a long process where it doesn't really matter. Nothing really makes sense. And then all of a sudden, um, the real season starts, right? Big 12 conference play is kind of like an, a, a preamp to it. And then the Big 12 tournament is like the first real, like all the fans that are KU diehards are like, okay, now it matters. Now it really, we get down to the grind, like no more losses. And then the big dance starts, and then they're really all in. Chiefs fans kind of the same, right? And now it's Chiefs versus Jags. On Saturday, three thirty, the rematch of week eleven, in which the score was twenty seven to seventeen. Uh, Christian Kirk, I think, had two touchdowns, about ninety yards. Zay Jones also had eight catches for eighty plus yards. Trevor Lawrence, uh, first three possessions, punt, 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 turnover on downs. And then I think the fifth possession was a punt as well. Aaron Ladd of forty one action news, just read that your guy. Um, <laughs> so um, I asked you, Pete Sweeney, it is playoff week divisional round. Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Jags versus Chiefs. How do you feel?
2: Well, I feel pretty good, right? Like, I I go into this game, and I I think the Chiefs realize what they're capable of when they aren't making stupid mistakes and not turning the football over and just how good they can be. I I think you saw that week 18. I know it was against a Raiders team that had nothing to play for playing Jared Stidham. But I think they really needed to see and, and understand that if they play clean football, they're going to beat most teams. That includes the lowly Las Vegas Raiders, and that includes any of these playoff teams, at least in my opinion. Any game that they had no turnovers this year, they won. And I expect that to be the case on Saturday. I think that this is going to be a better game than people are giving it credit for. I think the Jaguars are playing the hottest football, maybe other than the San Francisco 49ers, at the right time. And I just think that they have house money right now. I mean, I've talked about it. I just think this is a team that if they lose on Saturday, which we tend to expect that this season has been a a raging success after the joke they were last year with, Urban Meyer, and it's making sure the Chiefs don't overlook them. And I, I think they're saying all the right things. I think this idea that maybe fans are a little bit more excited about the AFC title game, that might have changed a little bit as the day went on today with Trevor Lawrence coming out and saying this thing about Jacksonville being just as loud as as Arrowhead. I
1: Well, he contradicts everything. He's like, well, we were on defense, yeah.
2: not offense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I don't know. I just tend to think that this was – a city that I think was a little bit more excited about the potential and the game that's coming next week. If it's the Bengals, it would be here. If there's a Chiefs win, it's the Bills. We know that that'll be in Atlanta. and I just think that maybe Trevor, by accident, it didn't really look like he intended it, has maybe woken up the fan base a little bit, and they're going to be even louder than they would have been on Saturday, especially now, and I think that's just – it's a it's a mistake. I know it seems small, but I think this might have gotten – the Chiefs fan base woken up a little bit here.
1: Am I optimistic or just in maybe like a different sort of universe? But I feel like there's a lot of Chiefs fans. They're going to take advantage of this game because this might be the last Chiefs home game of the season. Like right. that's a possibility. And it's playoffs. It's uh, what, what maybe snow. Could uh, be snow could be a snow game guy again. But I think that this is just a different atmosphere than Jacksonville's ever been a part of. I mean, I get it that, you know, the the first time they played, uh, you know, they played a home game in the playoffs against the Chargers. They were down 27-0. Came into a roaring comeback. But this is something where I don't really value crowd for points, but I do feel like the crowd this week will be an advantage when it comes to points. I think there's definitely a different setting in this environment this time of year.
2: This version of the Jaguars certainly hasn't been through – what they're about to go through on, on right. Saturday ever before. I mean, they, they had the home playoff game, and and a lot of these rookies and younger players were able to get their feet wet in the playoffs, but it's not playing the powerhouse of the AFC and really the NFL over the past four or five years. I know the Chiefs were only able to convert the one Super Bowl, but if you're looking for the most successful team over these last couple of years, it's been Kansas City. Now you're going into an environment where you have a lot of players on the Chiefs who have been – through playoff games. I know that, especially on defense, it'll be the first time for some of these guys. But I, I just think the experience there, especially with Patrick Mahomes, where he's been through this since 2018. The, the Chiefs make the playoffs every year, and he's gotten so many playoff games under his belt. Whereas Trevor Lawrence is entering an environment, I'm telling you, he doesn't realize what it's going to be like because of what he said today. And now he's having to beat Patrick Mahomes, who has all this experience and all this success in the playoffs. He's playing really good football at the right time, will be the MVP, and he's expected to to compete I think it's going to be a better game than people realize. I think the Jags are are getting too many points. You know, I tend to think they they have a good chance to cover, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, after a tough, hard-fought game, the Chiefs will end up victorious.
0: It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, new week here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Last week, the injury report was kind of vague. uh, Nothing really to go off of. This week there was, uh, or I guess as today, there was a lot of LPs. Yeah. There was only one DNP. Mm-hmm. Uh, that DNP is McCole Hardman. Go ahead and tell the people about the list, and I'll give you my main question I have about McCole Hardman.
2: Yeah, so the thing with McCole Hardman has been a little weird. We thought entering this week that the playoff by would have meant that McCole Hardman was healthy and not only could practice, but be a full participant. We just thought, okay, another two weeks off his feet would be good to go. It's been anything but that. Clearly some sort of setback. The Chiefs aren't calling it a setback. They're saying they're backing off on Hardman, but what has been an abdomen injury, then called an abdomen illness, then called a groin <laughs> issue, then now called the straight-up pelvis issue. What is it? Is holding Hardman out of practice. He tweeted out also that mm-hmm. the marathon over the sprint. A little bit of a cloudy situation. That race. I think that it. I think that it's a long shot to see him this weekend. Maybe you, you do see him next weekend should the the Chiefs advance. Is there any sort of?
1: I feel like I'll just get absolutely crushed from the text on this. But is there any sort of like? Similarities in McCall Hardman and Lamar Jackson situation. Now, McCall Hardman got his fifth year picked up. He's an unrestricted free agent after this year. I know he was never going to get paid by the Chiefs, but it's yeah. also like he's going to a very mild, mild, mild receiver market. Like yeah. Juju's going to head that market. And then McCall Hardman's going to fall like somewhere in the next like four to five names when it comes to like hot commodities. Mm-hmm. Is this one of those like, I know I'm about to enter free agency? I haven't been paid by this team. I'm going to make sure I'm 100% riders. It's just one of those things where it's like, hey, man, like he's legit hurt, been hurt for like (laughs) seven weeks now over something that is very odd. But it's like it kind of just makes me think like, hey, here we are. McCole Hardman sitting out again, but he's been at practice, and now it's kind of just like, hey, you know what? You got Canarius Tony. You got Sky Moore. You got MVS, You got Juju Smith-Schuster. I'll sit out, and make sure I get my money when I'm a free agent.
2: I think it's a little bit uh, of – of both. I I think McCole Hardman's being cautious. I think the Chiefs are being cautious. It's been long enough now where it would feel silly to just throw him back out there to be re-injured. It's just there's not a ton of clarity with the situation. That's been the most frustrating part for both us reporters and I think fans listening. It's just like, what the hell is going on here? It's been just very, very unclear. I can't think that it's a Lamar Jackson situation because there's money to be made in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson's already been an MVP, and I think everybody has a a feel for what he brings to the table where I think there's still something left for McColl to prove. If you have a really good postseason, you make a lot of money, right? People can see, okay, you can be an asset to the the Chiefs offense. So, I, I can't say that, to me, it's a Lamar Jackson situation, but a peculiar situation indeed. And, and like I said, I, I just don't believe he'll play this weekend. I think when Andy retakes the podium tomorrow to end the week, because this game's on Saturday, so everything's pushed up a, a day I think he'll rule McCole Hardman out. I don't I don't think there's even going to be a chance that he plays, and, and we'll see where they're at next week.
1: What's the likelihood we see McCole Hardman again, over or under percentage of his jersey number?
2: Yeah, I don't know. A lot goes into that. You know, the Chiefs have to win and give them an opportunity next week, and I know that everyone feels confident about this weekend, and you should, but if we're being realistic next week, if they are able to get by the Jaguars, is <laughs> a battle. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a coin flip game, so let's assume that, he or let's hypothetically say I should say that he's not able to play next week. You know, there's a real chance that because this is an impending free agent, you have seen the last of McCole Hardman in, in a Chiefs uniform. Of course, you hope it goes past that, and and if he is unavailable in an AFC title situation, then the Chiefs are able to win. Maybe you see him in a Super Bowl. But I just think when his injury first came about, yes, the Chiefs were careful with what they were saying, but I I think it's it's had a lot of unexpected wrinkles because. They did not put him on injured reserve right away. Then it was a week later for injured reserve. Then they activate him or they let him return to practice but not activate him. And a couple times they thought he would be activated, but then he would have a setback. Now you have a bye week, and it seems like he somehow, during the bye week, had another setback as he tried to return. So it's a really muddled, cloudy situation. And, yeah, I mean, there's a a real chance that you've seen the last of Hardman in a Chiefs uniform, and that's even if they go the distance. I mean, they may win Saturday. May, they may win an AFC title game, and you might get to the Super Bowl. And this situation's been so weird. There's no way for us to really know if he'd even be available in that situation. Wild, yep. Very frustrating. I
1: can, I can see it in your eyes, and it's frustrating that you don't know the actual clarity of what's going on in the situation. But hey, all you control is what you can control, and that's a cliche. And this is Arrowhead Pride Wednesday on Six Ten Sports Radio. Coming up next, it is the lead. Analyst of Arrowhead Pride Radio and ArrowheadPride.com. Ron Cobb Jr., he'll join us next on 610 Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Back in Arrowhead Pride Radio, it's Wednesday. That's the only way you know it's Wednesday because Arrowhead Pride Radio is on. The uh, chief editor of Arrowhead Pride Radio, Pete Sweeney, the is that, lead. Is that the only way? Yeah. If okay. you, like, heard us talking and you didn't know what day of the week it was, like, right. you just woke up from a deep sleep. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's Wednesday. And it's 6-17, which means that one guy is going to join him, Ron Cop Jr., the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. Am I right?
3: You are correct. I, w- I would say that is that is completely correct. That's the only way I know it's Wednesday is is the six fifteen call from you you guys. So uh, yeah, I, I, my whole week is centered around this.
1: I was gonna say the only reason I know it's Wednesday is an email that says you've deposited money in your DraftKings account for another parlay
3: with uh, with Pete <laughs> Sweeney. DraftKings, huh? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's the move. That's the move. I love I love making DraftKings. Tonight is the night. Yeah, but that's a that's for
2: another another yeah. another time.
1: That's for seven o'clock to nine o'clock and after hours with Dusty Liggins and Curse Unacero, Ron Cobb, Jr., uh, the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride Radio. Ron, last time the Jags and the Chiefs played, that was the uh, the welcome to Kansas City party for uh, one uh, Kadarius. Tony is uh, is he going to be involved in the mix once again? Because I believe that was the, the one leg limp into the end zone, followed by the gripping of the of the gloves before he went into the air.
3: Yeah, you're 100% correct. Tony actually racked up 57 yards that day through the air with that touchdown as well. I think he had a, another big catch down the sideline later that game. But so it was his coming out party, and he's going to need to kind of have the same sort of impact in this game with with the injury that obviously McCole Hardman. You know, the injury report saying McCole Hardman is still, you know, obviously you know held back in practice. And we, you know, Saturday game. That's you know that's closer than a Sunday game. That's one less day to to be right. So, um, you know, Tony is going to have to play. You know, obviously a big impact. Um, but you know he does m- much more, you know, obviously than than just what the the Hardman role, you know, on the surface is, and and that's what you've seen, man. And I'm so excited to see Tony in in the postseason. Andy Reid using him, especially off a of bye week. I feel like you're going to see him in the backfield, you know, running routes out of there. You may even see some handoffs, man. I mean, they were, they I, I, they uh, they they ran the delayed handoff to him in the red zone against the Raiders. That's the kind of stuff they used to run with Tyree Kill. Uh, you know, it, 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 it we used to produce huge plays because of that, you know, it just creates so much space right away for an explosive player like him. You're going to see some stuff to get him into some space and, and, and let him show his, his skills. So I'm excited, man. I, I You know, I think, I think Tony's going to be one of the most electric players in the NFL postseason.
2: Ron, we got the first game for the Chiefs this weekend after the bye week. I'm, I'm casting a wide net here. What gives you the most confidence about this team heading into their game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and what part of the team scares you the most?
3: You know, the most confident, when you when you really look at how the Chiefs like to play offense and like to attack opposing defenses, they really like to manipulate second-level and third-level defenders, you know, linebackers, safeties, and, and, and to be honest with you, you know, Jacksonville's defense, really, it all comes from the front. You know, their front is really what makes their defense very good. They have the edge rushers, and so maybe I can answer this both ways, right? You know, the, the, the edge rushers up front are really what may give you some scare, but I'll start with the positivity because I really do think the linebackers they have, they employ two rookies that, that play a lot of their snaps along with a veteran they signed this offseason. But you're going to see a lot of Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma. Those are guys that were drafted in this draft. Um, their safeties are Sean Jenkins. He has made some plays. But just guys that, you know, can definitely be work, can definitely be manipulated over the field by a, like, a guy like tight end Travis Kelsey. You know, he's just, you know, he'll, 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 take, he'll take rookie linebackers all day to, to work those zones and, and just find open space. You know, even talk about just the other receivers, too. And Mahomes, you know, eye manipulation, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to do when you're working with inexperienced players. So I really think the Jaguars' back end is in for a big, you know, a long day with, with, with what the Chiefs' offense can do through the air. But, again, if it, you know, the scary part about it is if the edge rush can really, you know, the pass rush, I should say, can really get going, you know, that can really make an impact and really turn it the other way, right? You know, because a guy like Josh Allen, he didn't have the biggest impact in the first game. You know, he played uh, over left tackle Orlando Brown for the entire game. And so he's probably gonna do that again, but he's heated up as of late. He has eight quarterback hits and two sacks in the last three games and, and he's really started to turn it on along with Trayvon Walker, the other edge rusher, the number one overall pick. He lined up over Wiley most of the time that first game. And the one thing Wiley, we all you know, Wiley's done a really good job this year at right tackle, but the one thing he will, you know, consistently struggle with is power. And Walker's got big time power and that's why he was a number one overall pick. And so that is that is where the Jaguars can shake things up and really make things interesting if they really can you know, get into the, the backfield and, and pass protection and, and really rattle Mahomes. If they can't, that secondary is definitely uh, – the back end is definitely exploitable.
1: So I don't know how much Andy Reid does this or how he draws things up. I know he hates the Raiders just by the things he's done against the Raiders because of the things the Raiders have done against the Chiefs. But this was also the game last time they played where uh, Mr. Cisco, um, not the thong song guy but the the safety, uh, gave Juju kind of a uh, an impressive hit that knocked Juju out for about two to three weeks – anything drawn up around that that you could see maybe getting cooked up by the chiefs where there's maybe a little troll job by Andy Reid with maybe using Travis Kelsey or somebody outside to kind of give their defense a little bit of a wake up call early on.
3: Oh man. I, yeah, I, I, I think the players more than even the coaching staff. You're going to, I think you're going to see them kind of maybe use that as a, a way to, to get up for this game. I mean, obviously it's a playoff game, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're going to get up for it either way, but, it's not your typical. It's not the. It's not the typical AFC playoff opponent they probably expected to play. I mean, you know, when they saw them in Week Ten, you know, it, it, they they were three and seven, and you would not have thought you'd see them in the postseason. The point being is is this is kind of a weird like, where is the juice for this game? Like, where is the rivalry? You know, the 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 intensity part of this game. It's easy to forget that. No, it, it's an important point. I think I really do think the players are going to remember that because they absolutely took you know there were comments after the game that were talking about it there's no way they forgot that and it's just it's just a way to get them going it's just a way to, to get everyone heated up i guarantee you the players are talking about it uh, you know the offensive leaders I, you know absolutely especially so i think you're absolutely right man and, and obviously you know that, that can go to the coaching staff too but i think it's more just on the players attitude and you know how they'll play that that you'll you'll see kind of that intensity from that you know they you know, there was a couple. There was a couple of hits there, man. You know, MVS. I think also took a hit later in the game. Uh, you know, from the same player on a vertical pass. So, they don't forget that, man. It's just a way to get them juiced up. You know, even more for for a divisional round playoff game.
2: Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens on Arrowhead Pride Radio, talking to our lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Ron Kopp. Ron, I I want to talk to you about the Chiefs' defense here, and we know that this is a Chiefs team with more experience than a youthful Jaguars team, but these guys have have kind of emerged here on offense. How do you feel like the George Karloftis, the Trent McDuffie, the Jalen Watson, and and Joshua Williams of the world will do in in their first playoff matchup of their career?
3: Right. You know, it's a huge game for a a lot of young players in the Chiefs defense. And, you know, the thing with, you know, I'll start with a guy like Karloftis. You know, he's really heated up down the stretch. You know, this, this game on the surface may have like, you know, maybe a, a better matchup than others for pass protection. But, you know, all of a sudden these, these Jaguars offensive tackles have played well. You know, they, they shut down Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack for the most part last game. You know, Lawrence really did have time to operate. You know, really wasn't the sacks that were, were the negative plays of theirs. It was really his passes. And that, 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 that is, you know, something to watch. You know, they, 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 need, they need edge pressure. They need guys to get uh, impact off the edge. You know, Frank Clark obviously dealing with the groin. You know, he's not going to be full go. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious, I would say, even if he does go. It's going to be a lot on Karloftis' shoulders, man. You know, he, he really is going to have to, you know, carry a lot of load, you know, in this game, playing a lot of snaps against the run and obviously, you know, getting pressure on Lawrence because Lawrence is a, is a good quarterback. He's proven, obviously, you know, he has his, his lapses. But, man, you know, he can, he can go on a tear when he needs to, and, and pressure is obviously going to help him stop that. So, if Karlofis can get some pressure, it does help these rookie DBs, right? Cause it, this is a tough task. You know, these receivers aren't, you know, all-star, you know, all, uh, all world players, but they're functional, you know, good players in a good offense with a really good quarterback. You know, it, it will take good coverage, you know, and, and that's where, you know, a guy like, you know, Jalen Watson, obviously, you know, manning over that, that outside spot. Now, you know, he, he's going to get a lot of work against a guy like Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, two veterans that, you know, are, know what to do. And, and, and have played well down the stretch. So, it is absolutely, they're in, they're in really, they have rookies in really important spots in this playoff game. So it, it, they're really key to, to the Chiefs winning this game.
1: Ron, I appreciate the time and then we'll do it again next week. But before you do that, go ahead and let the nation know what you plan on looking at this week or what your plans are the rest of this week on Arrowhead Pride.
3: Absolutely, yeah. No, we're, we got the Jaguars previews coming up. You know, five things to watch as always. A little opponent scout, you know, I'll be looking at one side of the ball and Nate Christensen already looked at the other side of the ball earlier this week for us. Uh, we got it. We got it all, man. Our, our film crew is doing a great job. Got to shout them out, Nate and C- Caleb um, and Brian, obviously. And uh, you know, we're, we're pumping it out, man. So AP film rule will be tomorrow as well. We're recording that actually tonight. We we're we we're a little delayed on that. So we got tons of stuff. Check it out, ArrowheadPride.com. dot com.
1: Ron, thanks for the time. Have a fun time watching this game on Saturday at three thirty. And uh, as always, we'll talk to you next week.
3: Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys.
1: All right. There's Ron Cobb Jr., lead analyst, at Arrowhead Pride Radio. You could tell that Ron is is pretty
2: juice for this playoff game. A
1: little bit. I mean, that's what I was saying before we went, Uh, before we did the show. This is like, uh, this is, this is the real season. This is where like Sundays I won't watch, you know, legs crossed. Doesn't matter. This is edge of the seat until I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, I think it's over. Now,
2: if I know you, mm-hmm. you're cooking up something special on Saturday.
1: More than likely.
2: What do you, what do you, what are we working Probably
1: on? a nice pot of chili. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, what I mean? it's just a little too cold. There's supposed to be a little bit of weather. On a Saturday.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Well, we know Pat can spin it in anything.
1: Yeah. EB, I can spin anything. I think I kind of think I'm a snowman guy or snow mm-hmm. game guy. Yeah. Uh, that is Pete Sweeney. Thanks to Ron Cop Jr. We come back. I've got a couple questions for Pete. One involves top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Do they change? Do they stay? Other than that, it's Jacksonville, Kansas City, Saturday at 3 30 here in Kansas City. This is at Radio on Wednesday, 610 Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.
1: Half of the show over. On a Wednesday night, Arrowhead Pride Radio. Remember, you can get your questions in 913-586-7610. If you have a question for the Don, Pete Sweeney, the windows are open so the people can see us going down the road. You can wave to them. Somebody's waving. But either way you want to look at it, at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter, 913-586-7610. If you have a question for Pete Sweeney for this week's matchup, text lines already got one that I can't wait to ask you because it's just a burning question. That's uh, A lot of sarcasm on that, but my uh, topic here, that I want to bring up is because we're going to kind of sandwich this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, bread, intro, right. meat, meat. There's two meats. There's two questions. And then bottom bread, outro, or teas. Turkey and roast so, beef I'll
2: sometimes combine. Really? Yeah. That's your choice? Yeah. So uh, Salt and mayo. Maybe a little avocado spread. Call it a day. Okay.
1: Um, As of today, January 18th, who are your top five quarterbacks in the NFL?
2: Wow, really putting me on the spot here. Mm-hmm. Well, I know who one is. You can do <laughs> two through four if you, or two through five if you want to. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is number one. We know that. Number two. Mm. I think it's got to be Josh Allen, although I think there's something wrong with him with his his elbow this year, uh, after that. Injury, and I just don't think he's been the same. and I think he needs a, a reset in the offseason. but I'm, I'm throwing it out the window for for this particular conversation. I think you gotta put Joe Burrow next at two, at three. Okay, after Allen, I think that seems fair. It's hard for me, and this is kind of the same conversation and 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 theory that I had behind Allen. I don't think Jalen Hurts is right right now, but I think in a healthy vacuum hurts is probably with within the top five at this stage and then (laughs) i would say i would still say justin herbert but i think you got to consider same thing a healthy lamar jackson you have to consider now trevor lawrence knocking on the door I, i still think there's a better situation surrounding Aaron. If, if, if Aaron Rodgers had been in a better situation, even in his older age, I, I think that, that he is in that mix, but I think I see where you're getting at, right? Like Trevor Lawrence should be in that conversation.
1: Yeah. My top five as of today, mm-hmm. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence.
2: Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Burrow, Herbert. And Lawrence. That's five AFC quarterbacks. Yes. So nobody in the NFC. None. Jalen Hurts, no go. Haven't
1: seen enough. Seen about fourteen games of Jalen Hurts. Devil's advocate. Justin Fields. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think Justin Fields has potential. I think once they get him a wide receiver, which they're going to because they have a million like over a billion dollars in cap space, plus they have all the draft capital in the world. But you know what's crazy about the AFC and their quarterbacks is that they're they're going to add two more. The kid from Kentucky is gonna go to either Indianapolis or Houston. Mm -hmm. And the kid from Alabama is gonna go to either Indianapolis or Houston. Right. Right? Because the Bears are gonna trade with somebody within the top five where they can still get a pretty elite player, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Which I still can't get over that Houston game. That was just the, you know, F U from the head coach, in my opinion. Right. And I think when you look at that, I think the kid from Kentucky is either going to go to one of those schools and then Love's going to go to number one overall, whoever gets that pick from Chicago. right? And it doesn't make sense to me for Chicago to trade with Houston and just go down one spot where they could probably get more from somebody like Indianapolis, maybe Vegas, um, and go get somebody. And then that just means that there's going to be more added power to the AFC. Kind of annoying, right? Like the NFC, their quarterbacks, Brady, Rogers, Fields, uh, Lance, who was supposed to be up there, and now you, you can add Jalen Hurts. But the thing that worries me about Jalen Hurts and what worries me about that Philadelphia team is that they haven't really been together down the stretch, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the Chiefs. They go 4-0 and every year except for maybe two, one in which was two years ago they lost to the Chargers in the last game of the season. Rest starters are relevant. Um, the other one was they lost to Cincinnati, but they went 3-1, 3-1, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, in the five years that Mahomes has been here as the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Philadelphia has not played with their starting quarterback, played with them last, you know, been kind of off and on. So Hurts, if he is who he is and just goes through these playoffs, then yes, we can have that conversation. Right. I just think pure talent in that last game, I truly do believe at halftime, Doug Peterson sat down with Trevor Lawrence and was like, look, man, like you're the guy. Like you are the guy that can play this position, that is in this league for a reason, who's always been that promised prince like a Mahomes You know, like all the guys below him, Burrow, Allen, all those guys. Hey, this guy's going to be good. There's reasons why. And Trevor Lawrence showed everyone that it clicked. Went from four picks to four touchdowns in the second half. And it was clearly obvious
2: that he was the best player on the field. Well, if you really look at the last stretch of the season, he was that guy for a while, right? He's been that guy for this entire run that the Jacksonville Jaguars have had, winning all these games in a row to get themselves into position to win that division and Uh and get in the playoffs. And he's a legit guy. I mean, he's certainly top 10. I don't blame you for starting to put him in the top five. Saturday's game will help. I think so much of this is how you perform in the playoffs, which is right on the NFC side too. You got to see how Jalen Hurts does. The Eagles, in a way, and I feel this way about the Bills as we're just talking about the whole scope of the NFL. I just think they did the classic thing where they peaked like a little too early where I just don't feel like you feel as strongly about the Buffalo bills as you did at the beginning of the season when they Mm -hmm. were burning other teams, the Eagles were really good and clearly the best team in football in the middle of the year. Now injuries have struck. You're not really sure how healthy Jalen hurts is. The New York giants played the best game of their year in the playoffs a week ago while you were out of the mix and for a team like the eagles to back into the playoffs i just wonder what that second game is going to look like i've said it this weekend i'm not afraid to say it i just i think the underdogs with the the spreads are are going to cover i just really do I, i i feel that way about jacksonville i don't think jacksonville is getting enough credit i don't think they win the game but i think it's within that nine point window which i believe it is right now and i think the giants and eagles are closer to what would be a a coin flip that people give it credit for. And in that situation, you always pick the dog because I, I just think it's going to be a close game to the end. And and look, this is that part of the NFL playoffs where the margin gets really small. And I and I think the Chiefs ought to be careful with these Jacksonville Jaguars. If they have one of these games that they had this year where they turn the football over, this could get really dicey. They play clean football. should be in control. I don't know if they'll blow them out, but they should win the football game. Cincy Buffalo, who do you have? I like Cincinnati in this game. I've I've laid out exactly why I've I've been feeling the way I do about Buffalo. I don't love the offensive line injuries that Cincinnati has had toward the end here, but I just trust Joe Burrow and that offense more than I do Josh Allen. Josh Allen makes these occasional plays and mistakes where you're like... You wanted to say bonehead. I did. I held back from the the B. I'll do it for you. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. He makes these plays that you watch the replay and you say to yourself, what the hell was he thinking about? Whether like be, starting
1: fights and walking away from him? Yeah, like third time he's done that. He's, by the way,
2: he's got these moments where you just think like he's not thinking. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow doesn't really do that, and and maybe I should be putting Joe Burrow ahead of Allen in my top five. Maybe I'm talking myself into it, but I, I don't know. Even going on the road, I just like Cincinnati, and I feel like I trust them more, and I I understand that that would make my life a lot easier and not having to drive. 12 hours to Atlanta. So oh, you're I, driving it. I am rooting for that. Yeah, I would probably drive it. So I am rooting for that. Uh, of course, uh, selfishly, but I, you know, even taking that out of it, I just tend to think the Bengals, the Bengals are going to win. We should work something out with the boss if you let me come with you. You're going to jump in the car? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I'll go with you. I got nothing here for me. I'll go straight to Atlanta. We'll go to Magic City. We'll get the wings. <laughs> we'll have a good time. We'll get a coke and You're, some M and M's just to be cliche.
2: You've been dying to Let's go, to do man. the Harden for a long time.
1: If I'm gonna go to the place like that, I'm I'm going to like Cooperstown. Sure. I'm going to you know Canton. That's mm-hmm. where we're headed, man. I'm not going to go to, you know, all these other places. Yeah, no, I understand that. Can your top five change after this weekend? Oh, of course. So I, Burrow
2: beats Allen. all the time. I, you know, if before, Trevor
1: Lawrence beats Patrick Mahomes, he's got to be top five.
2: Before I go to bed, I brush my teeth and uh-huh. I rank the quarterbacks 1 to 32 every night.
1: You're like Arya Stark. That's right. Except you're not murdering people. You're just changing people's ranks.
2: Don't ask where Sam is. Hey, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, Arrowhead Pride mailbag coming up
1: next. 913-586-7610 or at Arrowhead Pride. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Back in on Internet Pride Radio Wednesday night here in Kansas City as we gear up, gear up, got you, man, gear up for a uh, you know another playoff run maybe another another playoff a dish. You uh, go
2: ahead. You kind of seem like the type of guy that might might say giddy up in the, this type of situation.
1: Absolutely not. No, I feel like you could hear that easily between ten and two on the station. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying it right. seems like a seems like a spot where you definitely hear that.
0: Every week, send us your questions on Twitter, at Arrowhead Pride, and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail.
1: Okay, so I want to start with the uh, the first question we got tonight, which is, it seems like they answered their question uh, within a question on the text line. 913-586-7610. Uh, the question is, so what's the conversation on Monday if the Chiefs lose to the Jaguars? That from the 913
2: yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, the the Chiefs are in a in a in a part of their their franchise right now and the timeline where if you don't win the Super Bowl it's disappointing, right? Like Joe, mm-hmm. Burrow, Joe Burrow a couple weeks ago said that the window for him is his whole career. I mean, you got to feel that way if you have Patrick Mahomes and especially getting the first round by mm-hmm. you got the first round by that should be rested should have the game plan installed right this is a team that is less than you you got you got to win this game it would be a grave disappointment if they lost to the
1: moving on to the twitter sphere uh this is from ethan gaines or his twitter handle is egaines 2008 egains yep not saying when he graduated but you throw that in there makes me feel similar or that's when you were born either way uh, with Hartman's recent updates, do you think either Forston or CEH take his roster spot? And if not, who do you think CEH will replace?
2: I don't know if they'll necessarily call CEH up. I think they're giving themselves options. So all that Forston and CEH practicing means is that a 21-day window is open for these two guys to be activated. Doesn't mean they will be. So it could just be a precautionary thing where mm-hmm. if... Let's say Rojo gets hurt. CEH might be available. If Blake Bell were to suffer another injury, maybe you call Fortson up. I, I find it more likely that they would bring Fortson up rather than Clyde because I think they feel good about their, their pass catchers there. Hardman, I, I think they're going to try to see if he's available as the weeks come. I talked to Andy Reid this week, I asked him the question about their optimism. They still feel optimistic that he'll have some kind of impact in the playoffs. I just don't think that'll be this week. And so I think he keeps his spot. I don't know where you you get the other spot if you're bringing up the tight end. Maybe it is Rojo going back down. Maybe it is one of these offensive linemen that are depth guys.
1: So this question comes from myself because I've been interested to know this answer. More than likely to happen next year. Chris Jones and Orlando Brown Jr. are back. Chris Jones is back. Orlando Brown Jr. is not. Vice versa. The other one or neither one are back next year.
2: I tend to think they'll both be back. Now, wow. okay. So I just I just don't think you you could say good, goodbye to Chris Jones with how impactful he's been for your entire line. I mean, this combination that he's had with Joe Cullen has done wonders for where he's at in his career, and I I just think it's it's made it undeniable in a sense. Now you can't rule anything out, right? Uh-huh. Just because. We saw what happened with Tyreek Hill. I, I don't know going into the off season if there's any Chiefs fan or analyst or reporter in the city that would have said, yeah, the Chiefs would trade Tyreek Hill. I just I didn't think that was a possibility. And so you can't ever rule anything out. But I just tend to think Chris Jones will be here. We'll see about Orlando Brown. I, I think we're headed for the same type of situation that we were last off season, where the Chiefs are going to value him differently than he does himself. And we'll see if that leads to a tag and a trade in tag or something like that. But, uh, yeah. I guess if I'm trying to guess right now, I'd I'd tell you that I I think they're both back. I don't don't feel great about it, but I I think they're both back.
1: Similar question. Who plays in a game before the other or ever again, McCole Hardman
2: or Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Man, I I don't know if either of these guys will ever be active for the Chiefs again. That's crazy to think about, though. One's a
1: first-round pick. The other one was a replacement pick because of certain situations, and now we're both looking at them like, you may never come back.
2: Yeah, I, I just – it's hard to see a scenario for Clyde where this year doesn't lead to both parties understanding that maybe a change of scenery is good. I, I mentioned Chicago feels like could be a fit that may need more running backs. We saw that Ryan Poles was willing to bring in Byron Pringle,
3: mm-hmm.
2: who we knew from here, and, and maybe the change of scenery happens in Chicago. Maybe there can be something worked out where – it's a conditional pick where you know Brett sends Clyde to to Chicago if he gets a certain amount of touches or something then you know you get a 6th or 7th rounder just depending on on how it goes and then with McColl I just don't think the Chiefs are going to want to pay what he commands in the open market especially after how this year went and I also think they have folks on the roster who can do similar things you know that he does and so Crazy. I mean, we we've been watching these players for these past couple of years now, but I I just have a hard time wrapping my head around. Like we talked about St. Joe and, and getting back to St. Joe, that either of these guys or are, or are, are folks were watching.
1: Going forward, you're starting a franchise for the next five years after this year. Are you taking Justin Herbert or are you taking Trevor Lawrence? Hmm. I like
2: both of these guys. <sighs> I I think. I think Trevor has had a little bit of an advantage here with Doug. And you're always trying to play that game in your head of what if Justin Herbert had Doug and it's a little unfair, but it's the game you play. We can only look at, at what we have in front of us. I think I'm taking Lawrence Lawrence is just to me has, has screamed top five ceiling. Whereas Herbert for me, I've always liked Justin Herbert. There are times when I feel like, okay, this is definitely a top five quarterback, uh-huh. and then other times I'm like, oh my god, what was I thinking? Whereas I think Lawrence, for me, especially second half on this year, has only been really an upward trajectory toward that. Whereas uh, Herbert, for me, has been more like an EKG. Boop, yeah, boop, right. EKG—that's that, a heart, yep. heart sound. Yeah, that's right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of E, but EB,
2: Eric Biennemi or Eric Berry. Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm.
1: No spiritual stuff here. Okay, um, yeah. Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs coach next year. Church on Sunday. Somebody else.
2: I don't think Eric Bietamy with the Chiefs next year. I don't know. If, I don't think that necessarily means he's a head coach. I hope it does. But I think we've reached a point, and, and you're starting to see his name connected to OC roles, where oh. maybe he needs that year as an OC with a defensive head coach that is out of the Andy Reid shadow. Now, you can open up a whole conversation as to why that is. I don't think that's fair. You know, you look at the opportunities that Nagy and Peterson were able to get. Mm -hmm. They came from that quarterback background. This has been a running back, and so maybe there's some questions out there about who's making the final decision on the game plan. I mean, Eric Biennemi always says Andy is 51%. It's unfair because that didn't stop Doug Peterson or Matt Nagy in the same role from, from getting opportunities. But I, I just think coming into the year, they all knew what this was. They said, let's let's give this one last run. Let's see if we can get you a good role somewhere else. And I just I tend to think, I don't know if, what you call it. Is it a mutual parting? Is it Eric's going to go to be an OC for A. Mike Vrabel, something like that? Will he get the Indianapolis head coach? I, no matter what, though, I just it's hard for me to wrap my head around thinking that the enemy would be here as well. What's
1: this game going to look like on Saturday? And what's the rest of your week look like in Arrowhead Pride the rest of the week?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a quick week because we got the, the Saturday game here, and so we'll get the final injury report tomorrow. We'll get that up, some final articles for you, some game predictions up on AP. Ron was talking about how those film previews will be coming. We'll keep you updated on the podcast channel. I'll, I'll be checking in here at 610 Sports Radio, and, and that'll lead you into the Arrowhead Pride Post game with your guy, Jay Binkley. I'll, I'll call in after the game on, on Saturday night and – and hopefully it's a, a nice, relaxing Saturday night as you're watching the NFC game and then even a more satisfying Sunday when you just are, are waiting to see who you play here.
1: No, uh, no predictions on the game? No. You don't have to get a score, but you think it's going to cover this? You think they're going to cover the If you're the going spread.
2: money line, I like the Chiefs. If you want to ask me about the spread, I believe it's nine. I like the Jaguars.
3: Yeah.
1: Eight and a half, I think, is what I saw today. So you're saying I take Chiefs? I take Jags plus eight and a half? And then you said, take the Giants in the Lake game. I
2: like the dogs on Saturday. I Pete,
1: do. I like the dogs on Saturday. Put that on a quote. Uh, he's Pete Sweeney. It's Arrowhead Pride. Thanks to Ron Cop Jr. for the uh, the insight on this week's matchup against the Jaguars. on Saturday at 3.30. Thanks to Chris Nacero. Thanks to Pete Sweeney as well. Thanks to all of you for your questions, for everything in there in general. Um, Kenny Omega or Seth Rollins? Is that a serious question? That's... Definitely Kenny Omega. No,
2: uh, the, the drip god. Come on. Come, come on. on.
1: Anyways, Dusty bit. Likens, Pete Sweeney, Kristen Asero, Spin Arrowhead, Pride Radio on Wednesday. Have a good night, Kansas City. <laughs>